It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we have a different pod today. We will be welcoming in a guest. Uh, not many times we, we do that in here, but we wanted to get some more insight on the newest quarterback for the black and gold, Derek Carr. And Jeff, I don't know about you, but definitely want to hear from the quarterback already and moving on to some other stuff that's going to be even more important is surrounding your new quarterback with a lot more talent too. Yeah, and so we're going to have Scott Gobranson, host of Silver and Black Today, great podcast covering the Raiders. So obviously he has been you know, at the forefront of the Derek Carr experience for the last nine years plus. So I think that's a good place to go for some information about the guy who's going to be the quarterback for the Saints for at least the next two, three years, maybe more, based yeah, on how it goes, right? Like a it's a four-year deal. Sorry, sorry, just a little more than the stat stuff. You want to know uh, more about the player as a personality, I guess, uh, because, yeah, it's easy to see what the guy's done number-wise and any of his performances on the field. But what's what's the dude like in the locker room and on the field around these other players? Yeah, right. Like, I can I can look at numbers all day long, but, you know, I, th- there's more to it than that. So we're going to get into that. Speaking of crazy people, um, we're also going to get into – Nick Wright's just nonsense rant about the Saints cap management. And it's like that clip from The Rise of Skywalker, which I don't reference very often, but it's accurate where he's like, incredible, everything you just said is wrong Um, or something like that. Either way, we're going to get into that. And then finally, we're going to make some predictions on where we think some of the key free agents will go this offseason for the Saints. Obviously, with the money they're spending on Derek Carr, it becomes difficult to sign everybody. Um, and so it might make for some departures that the Saints don't want. And that's always going to be a question. But first, Steve, did you hear Nick Wright's long rants about the Saints salary cap yesterday? Yeah, and it's it's funny because I love the Saints, you know, Twitter sphere is all when that came down to and it quickly gets posted. And just the reactions to it. And it, and I was like, wait a minute, what's he saying that everybody's flying so much off the handle on it? So, of course, then you go and have to listen to it. And, I mean, I, I just don't get it. It's the outrage that, that <laughs> annoys me. It's like, well, well, he's so mad. Yeah, he really is. And it's like, it reminded me of the whole Breaking Bad, uh, you know, uh, Jesse, when he tells you, oh, I can't keep getting away with it. And it's like, I, I don't, I really don't understand uh, why he is so worked up too, and the fact that calling this—that's the Saints, you know, running a Ponzi scheme here in the NFL. Yeah. Well, we're gonna, well, we're gonna get into it first. Let's listen to it, <laughs> yeah, and then we can go great. from there. 
Yeah. Saints went all in on winning a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. Totally makes sense. I get it. It's what you do. They didn't, though. He then retired, and now they're running a team like they know the league is folding in three years, and none of the rest of us do. In 2021, they had $50 million in dead cap. Last year, they had $44 million in dead cap. This year, before free agency even starts, they're going to be at $40 because now they have to release Jameis. It is an unsustainable way to run a team. You know why Michael Thomas thinks he's coming back? Because he's $13 million on the cap this year to play and $26 million to be cut. How could that be? Because Michael Thomas, according to SpotRack, do you know what his cap hit next year is? It's $59 million, oh. which makes me think they are, they are attempting to run some form of NFL salary cap Ponzi scheme that we can't pick up on. Yeah. Okay. So like, first off, I don't hate Nick Wright. I understand Nick Wright. I think I I get where his brain works. You know, we have a lot in common. Both of us decided to stop cutting our hair around the same time. We both have beards. We both yell a lot. And that's great. We both have like slightly irritating voices that you kind of put up with. I understand it. And I also understand why he's so mad. And I, I don't need to go through this line by line and, and, and take it down, but I'm going to because I'm feeling malicious and he deserves it. The reason he's so mad is that he is of the ilk that he doesn't like changing his mind, right? He makes a decision. He has a take. He sticks with it. And I respect that. The problem is, in this case, you're dying on a hill that is objectively the wrong hill. But he's going to do it. And I get it. And I understand it. Like, that's what sports commentary is, right? Like, you don't want someone who's constantly flip-flopping. Like, that's what I hate about Colin Cowherd is he will say one thing one day, and then two days later, he will say the exact opposite thing. I actually respect Nick Wright for having this take and sticking with it, even though it's the wrong take. That said, let's go through this, because there's one thing that you cut out of that clip when you're bringing it down, and it's that he compared it to Ted Stepien, who was a former owner, GM, whatever, of an NBA team, who constantly wanted to trade future picks, trade future picks, trade future picks. And the NBA instituted a rule to stop that from happening, right? And that is the part of this that drives me nuts because that is like that makes no sense. That has nothing to do with draft picks and salary cap are not the same thing. I also question, it's probably a good thing that Nick Wright doesn't understand what a Ponzi scheme is because if you understand too much what a Ponzi scheme is, you might run one and that's bad for everybody. But like... I don't think most Ponzi schemes are highlighted by the feature that a rich person writes checks for millions of dollars and people get them and walk away happy because they got their money. Like, I don't think that's how Ponzi schemes typically operate. I might be wrong. I might have watched the wrong movies. But in this case, I think it's just saying it because it's a catchy line even though it makes no sense. And I feel like he's trying to make it something where it's shady. It's something being malicious. They're doing something underhanded here. Yeah, right. Like, there's nothing shady about what the Saints are doing. It's very straightforward. And if you're choosing not to understand it at this point, that's very much on you. Like, that is you deciding that you're not going to think about this. I wonder what team Nick's a fan of, like a fan of that have hurt him that much that he's such a, like a Saints hater here because... He's a Chiefs fan. Oh, is he really? Okay. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, he was at the Chiefs championship parade. He's like a picture of Travis Kelsey. Like a selfie. No, and the thing is, like, I actually do agree to an extent that what the Saints are doing is probably a bit much, right? Like, sure, should they have tried to go all in and win with Jameis? Maybe not. But at the same time, 
what are your alternatives? Are you just going to try to lose? Like, are you going to tank? Because that's not going to be better for the NFL, right? Like, when when he talks about this is going to change, like, the NFL is going to change their rules to stop the Saints from doing this. He's assuming that the NFL is sitting there like, how dare the Saints try to win, right? How dare the Saints guarantee a lot of money to the players, which is the reason that they're perfectly fine with these automatic restructures being built into their contracts because it just guarantees their money. Like, it doesn't hurt the player. It doesn't hurt the franchise. And the only reason there's people out there who think it is like this negative way to run a team is because people like Nick Wright equate it to running up debt on a credit card. And they say like high interest loan. It was like, that's not true. (laughs) The money doesn't change over time. It's just the same money. You just push it forward. And like, there's a, he says he says the word unsustainable, but it's like how many years does this have to happen before you appreciate that it clearly is sustainable? Like, what are his actual concerns? Like, right. is he worried that like the Saints are going to run out of money? Is he worried that they're going to like they're going to have to stop serving dinner at the facility? Oh wait, they don't serve dinner at the facility. Crap. Ooh, burn. <laughs> but like, like that's the money's there. Like the money's not going to stop being there, and so that's why his take makes no sense. He can argue that like they might not be competitive enough. But this idea that somehow the ha- franchise is going to be is going to be hamstrung for a decade because they have a cap imbalance this next season is just nonsense. It doesn't make sense, and it's like he keeps yelling louder and louder, ex- trying to make it true, and it's not true. You know, I, I just I respect the fact that the team wants to be aggressive and do whatever it takes to be competitive, and like. Right now, I know a lot of folks wish, maybe there are some folks, I want to say a lot of folks, there's some folks that wish the Saints would do kind of like, I guess, what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are currently doing, but that's that's just not the way they want to operate. Yeah, and here's the other thing. He says, the reason they have gotten worse record-wise each of the past four years, the reason they have won only one playoff game in the last four years is because when 25% of your salary cap is allocated to players who aren't on your team every single year, you don't have enough talent. And now to do this with Carr, blah, 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 blah. First of all, they literally were one Jared Cook fumble away from probably beating the Bucs and going to the NFC Championship in 2020, which is a year that he is including in this takedown of the method that the Saints are using, right? Like, the Saints probably should have won that game. And, you know, you might point to Drew Brees having fractured ribs and like a torn shoulder blade or whatever the hell his injury was you had a hurt 40 year old quarterback trying to win a game and you lost it that's not because you didn't have talent on the roster jared cook i'd argue is way more talented than any tight end the saints have had over the last six years right like they had the talent to win that game that was not the issue and then after that you know what happened drew Brees friggin retired so wait 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 you're telling me that if they just didn't pay anybody. If they just said, yeah, you know what, we're just going to roster a bunch of rookies and UDFAs and go with it, that they would have been better? Like, that's not why they took a step back. They took a step back because a Hall of Fame quarterback retired. And then the next year, a Hall of Fame head coach retired. I just don't... It, it, it's unfathomable to me that he's disingenuously arguing and expecting us to believe that he thinks that the reason the Saints are not as good as they were in the Drew Brees era has anything to do 
with the fact that Drew Brees retired. They had nothing to do with that. That is not a factor in this. I, I just laugh, and, and I think, you know, if most folks know the the scenario with the Saints is, too, it's like they've never really, that I can, I'm trying to think right now, lost out on somebody because they, they they couldn't afford to pay them. Uh, there's there's obviously people right. that have decided not to to re-sign or, or, or go after kind of thing, but it wasn't like, oh, their Saints were in it, but they just didn't want to pony up X amount of dollars kind of thing. It's pretty much... You know, I guess you could say the Deshaun Watson scenario, but th- that was a pretty extreme case too, where Cleveland came out of nowhere with that guarantee. I don't know about nowhere, but they came in with that guaranteed money. No one was going to beat. But this Saints, the Saints team, has never been hampered by the fact that they've been, you know, the the salary cap has been this big challenge to them. And I think that for whatever reason, it bothers Nick Wright that. Mickey, Kai Harley, and the rest of the geniuses they've got in that front office are able to massage or manipulate the, the numbers and make them dance like, you know, like the Godfather or something. Let's make it look like something shady, too. I'll call it a Ponzi scheme so it looks bogus. And, right. you know, it paints this negative light more on New Orleans. And who cares because it is New Orleans? <laughs> it bothers him because every year he commits to this take that the Saints can't sign free agents. They're going to have to cut people. It's the same reason you see people go on Twitter saying the Saints are going to trade Marshawn Lattimore for a third-round pick because they can't afford him. Right. Like It's like, no, sure. because you are willfully omitting the fact that they do this every year, and it's not a problem. Like, other teams do this, right? The Jets are going to do this when they trade for Aaron Rodgers, right? They're going to do the exact same thing because they also can't afford to put $15 million on their salary cap. So they're going to convert a lot of it, and they're going to do this, and everyone's going to be like, wow, they're cap geniuses. Amazing. Right? It's, it's crazy that they've been able to, to, to pull off this coup to add Aaron Rodgers, right? And uh, it's just for whatever reason, because it's the Saints, there's this idea that they shouldn't be doing this. They should be tanking just like everybody else. And it's like the NFL doesn't want you to tank. The NFL wants people to watch their football games. People will point to Trey Hendrickson walking as a sign that this is a problem. Uh, They couldn't sign him. They couldn't sign him because the Bengals wanted to pay him a crazy amount of money. But also, like, the reason they're in this position isn't because they let talented players walk. It's because they don't let talented players walk. It's because they paid Alvin Kamara, because they paid Michael Thomas, because they paid Marshawn Lattimore because they paid DeMario Davis, because they paid Cam Jordan, right? That's the reason you are constantly pushing money forward, because you are trying to remain competitive. So, like, if w- would people be happy if they paid Trey Hendrickson, but instead they let Marshawn walk? We'd be having the same conversation about, well, they, they didn't retain him because they didn't have the money to do it. Like, no team that drafts five pro bowlers is going to be able to re-sign all five pro bowlers to the second contract. And we have already established on this podcast that it is very clear that the Saints do not pay safeties at the top of the market. They just won't do it. You can argue the decision and the, and the, and the strategy behind it, but it's clear that that exists. So it's not a cap thing. It's it's a strategy thing. So it's like you can't have these like conflicting arguments and then expect me to be like, you know what? You're right. The Saints, the Saints are defrauding the NFL because Mike, Michael Thomas has a big cap hit next year. They literally put a note in his contract saying this is this restructure is to facilitate his release after the start of the league year. They're not hiding it. It's not a secret. And why and the NFL has no incentive to do anything about it because it's not hurting anybody. And all it's doing is is making it so at least one team in this godforsaken division is trying to win it. You think the NFL wants all four teams in the division to tank at the same time? 
If anything, if they're going to change any rules, it's going to be to disincentivize tanking, not the other way around. We just need a. We need them to start doing better too, because a bear, Bobby a bear's whole take on the NFC South. He likes to call him the NFC doubt, and I hate it. It's bad. Yeah, he hasn't. He he he. The I NFC least was the solid. NFC doubt. Yeah, but that's bad. Anyway, there's one more line that I think is just like kind of hilariously backwards, right? Like, and it's now they're running a team like they know the league is folding in a few years and none of the rest of us do. And it's hilarious to me how wrong that is because it's not only like conceptually wrong, it's also like just think about what you're saying. They're not running a team like the league is folding. They're running a team like they know the salary cap is going to go up every year, which we all know the salary cap is going to go up every year. It does. It happens. The only year it didn't, and the reason that the Saints got into a precarious situation relative to the cap in the first place is there was a global pandemic, and the cap got reduced, right? Like, if not for that, we wouldn't be talking about this at all because they would be in a much more reasonable situation. It's just so funny to me. And it's like, we have this conversation every year, and it's the exact same takes, and it's the exact same responses, and it's like, you know this time next year, it's going to be the same conversation. Well, the Saints can't stand anybody. They're going to be $60 million over the cap. What could they possibly do? And I'm going to be like, well, you can do this, 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 this. I'm like, no, that's, that's, you can't do that. And they'll do it. And then they'll sign somebody and be like, what the hell? I can't believe they did. Anyway. Yeah. Last year was like, boom. I'm not like it was huge price tags, but still you got Taran Matthew and Jarvis Landry. Okay. Well, no big deal. I would argue Jar- Jarvis was only a one year, 6 million. So like, that's yeah. not the signing that, like that was a my market isn't what I thought it was, so I'm gonna take a cheap deal with the hometown team. I'm coming but the home, Tyron right. deal, he was the top safety on the market, and they signed him. And Marcus like, May too was pretty substantial, uh, significant. I don't know about the money though. Yeah, I mean, it was like three years, twenty eight million, something like that. Like they they paid money. Like it wasn't like they just signed a bunch of bargain bin guys. Like no, they right. signed established players. But it's like every year, it's like oh, they can't pay Marcus Davenport. They can't pay this guy. They can't pay that guy. And then the talking heads get frustrated because those guys are still on the team and they are still citing players and they can't wrap their heads around why that is, even though it's like, go to over the cap, like literally just do it. And you can see every move they can make. They couldn't spell it out for you any easier than they do. And not doing that is a choice. I think Nick Underhill said this. Like at this point, not like just having a basic understanding of how this works is a choice and you're making it. And I'm not arguing with you anymore. And I, I think it's a good point. And I think I'm about there myself because it's so stupid. It's just, I mean, the most amusing part of it, though, too, not just how wrong he was, but just how mad and how butthurt he really is over it. How confidently angry he is. How how righteously angry he is. And no yeah. one, what annoys me more than anything else is that he sits there and yells at three people around the table and they're all yeah. like, good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, ha, ha. Yeah, funny. Good. Yeah, it's such a good point, Nick. Oh, yeah. Like maybe get one person that's gonna like be like, you know what? That's not what true. the hell are you talking about, right? <laughs> like, come on. I, but I think it's be honest. I mean, and I hate to say that's because it's the you know you target the Saints and you, everyone's like, okay, yeah, they're just they're just bagging on the Saints, right? If this like again, if this was the Jets, there would be like someone being like, huh, hmm, hmm. well, you know, in New York, it's worth it because. Huh. Like, no one's complaining that the Giants are signing Daniel Jones. Like, actually, that's not true. I'm not going to say that out loud because people are very much complaining. (laughs) I don't know. The the whole QB market, you 
everyone's just going to have to live with the fact that it's, you know, it's in bizarro land and it's not going to to straighten out anytime soon. It just gets, I don't know. You do you need a separate ca- salary cap just for quarterbacks. <laughs> it right. seems like, well, if anything, the league should be thanking the Saints for signing Derek Carr to a reasonable deal and not just yeah. throwing whatever they want, whatever he wanted at him. Right. Like, like they could have signed him for $40 million and probably guaranteed he came here. They kept it lower. And, you know, it's not their fault. The giants are going to throw $45 million or $40 million a year at Daniel Jones. Like, if you want an established quarterback, you pay quarterback money. Geno Smith is making thirty-five, so like, that's what the market is now. What are you gonna like do? The Saints right. didn't reset it. The Saints operated within the established quarterback market, and Nick Wright is angry that they did that. Nick Wright is angry that they're able to do that, and he's angry that Michael Thomas has a fifty-nine million dollar cap hit that isn't real. Until Thomas goes to the Chiefs, I don't know. I think he's gonna stay in New Orleans. That's like the one thing he said. That is true. Is that I think Mike Thomas is going to stay in New Orleans because it makes too much sense. And I, I don't know, like, yeah, maybe he does go somewhere else and and like ring chases, right? Like that's well, the only. But like teams don't win back to back titles. So thank thank you, Jesus. Praying hands definitely makes me think we got a good chance of keeping yeah, Mike too. We, we we did we talked about that, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It just it just I mean coming from him though it just it seemed pretty significant. So I'm all in on. On the return of Mike T again. It is funny because I would argue Mike Thomas and Cam Jordan are the two most active Saints players on Twitter. Tyron Matthews up there as well. But like their their social media presences couldn't be different. Where like Mike Thomas, you read every one of his tweets and you have to be like, wait, what? Wait, what is he huh? saying here? Is he actually being literal or is this a rap lyric? Is he Do I Shazam it? Is he saying thank you, Jesus, to to Derek Carr, or is he just having a good day? Did he you know, did he get his income tax check in the mail? I, I don't know. With with Cam Jordan, it's like very straightforward. It's like, God, my my kid is about to break a seventy one thousand dollar foosball table. Someone save me! Like he he quote tweeted Fletcher Meckles mock draft, being like, "Ooh, defensive tag on the first round." Ooh, like you never have to question what he's what he's saying when he tweets. It's just very yeah, funny I love that the, the the fact that oh, Cam's not pulling the old. Oh, we don't pay attention to the social media at all. He's all yeah. up in it. And then Tyron's funny because Tyron will just. Just, just rag on people relentlessly. He tweeted something, and then someone responded like, "Jamar Chase owns you." And then his response was like, "Your mama don't love you." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you didn't have to kill him." Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you get a sick burn on Twitter, man. You're not recovering from that either when it's coming from Teran Matthew. You didn't have to murder him, right? Ow, it was <laughs> good knowing you. you. <laughs> and it was like so simple. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instant kill, activate. All right, let's wrap this segment up. Nick Wright is wrong, at Nick Wrong on Twitter. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about Derek Carr with Scott Goldbranson, host of the Silver and Black Today podcast, another Odyssey 2400 Sports special. Going to give us some insight into what to expect from Derek Carr, you know, the person as well as the player. Apparently, Derek Carr also has a hype. A lot of folks protecting their, their man. Stick around for that. It's Inside Black and Gold.